Hello. As a loyal listener of the show, we'd like to reward you with the greatest gift imaginable. Free beer. Thanks to our friends at beer52.com, you have the opportunity to get eight exclusive craft beers from around the world for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash party. That's B-W-E-R, the number five, the number two, dot com slash party. I'm sure you'll have figured it out, but it's best to be clear. And cover just £4.95 for the postage. On top of that, political party listeners get two extra free beers, so that's a total of ten free beers. Beer 52 are beer pioneers. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting beer from the greatest small batch breweries the earth has to offer, and they are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, Beer 52 deliver you a case with a different theme. Previous themes have included Germany, Korea, Norway, South Africa, California, Finland and many more, but they haven't forgotten their roots. As an independent UK company, Beer 52 are also passionate about the UK craft beer scene. The beauty of Beer 52 is that they don't hold you to ransom, there's no lock-in and you can leave at any time. Your first box will be sent to you the very next day. As well as the best, most interesting beer money can buy, your case also includes the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment, which explains the theme of the box and the individual beers. Plus, you also receive a tasty snack just to top it all off. The box I got has been a godsend to me these last couple of weeks. Some of the beers are incredible. They sent me one called the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Porter, which was unlike anything I'd ever tasted, and a Mango IPA. I mean, I've never tried. I've never tried beer like it, um, and it, it, you can tailor it to your taste. Basically, if you don't like dark beers, you choose the light plan, and obviously, if you like light beers, you choose the light one. It's so easy; even I figured it out. Just go to www.beer52.com/party to get your first case of eight beers for free, and don't forget, political party customers get an extra two unmissable beers for free. That's beer52.com/party. Hello and welcome to the political party. I hope you keep him well uh, and enjoying any leftover Easter egg chocolate you've got. Although it really shouldn't have had lasted this long, um, I've got a couple of eggs left, and I'm frankly ashamed that I haven't gorged them uh, all already. Although I bought myself five eggs and I've eaten all the chocolate bars that came with it and three of the eggs, so I think I've done all right. Uh, and I'm on a diet, so in that context. Um, I think I've done okay. Uh, today's guest is Mike Katz, chair of the Jewish Labour Movement. So as you can imagine, there's plenty for us to talk about. Um, and it is a shame that yeah, I have to talk to Mike about such negative things, about the way the Jewish community has been treated by the Labour Party, the way Jewish members have been treated inside the Labour Party, and this leaked report that you may have seen on social media. Um, parts of it have been disseminated by quite prominent people uh, and put out there, it seems to represent, quite apart from anything else, a significant data breach. Um, and we touch on that in the interview. But I started by asking Mike, if based on what he'd seen and, and what had been put out there by people who were in possession of this report, uh, whether whether this leaked document addresses any of the concerns that the Jewish Labour movement have about how the Labour Party deals with cases of anti-Semitism. Well, good good morning, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Um, <laughs> it's a uh, you know um, uh, it's a it's a it's a great honour to be <laughs> to be joined. You often often listen first time caller, as they used to say. Um, 
Well, you know, I think, well, I think the first thing I want to start by saying in a slightly kind of politician's answer way is I think it's, you know, obviously everybody's mind is on the the way that everybody's lives in, in ways big and small have been turned upside down by, by coronavirus. And, and, you know, and, and, in, and, in, and in a strange way, it's, um, it does still, it feels, um, you know, for the wider world, certainly, it'll feel very odd that the, 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 the Labour Party is once again seem to be turning in on itself, talking about itself, and, and yeah. you know, uh, and, and not talking about those wide concerns that, that every that every person, every family is facing. Having said uh, having said that, I mean, I think you know one thing that was that was really positive about the way that um, Keir. Uh, a kind of you know from the get-go from his acceptance speech onwards he, he you know, talked about his leadership was you know here the, the importance that he stressed and he placed on uh, on tackling anti-semitism really you know, apologizing it f- for it properly first off which was a nice change and uh, rather than denying it rather than trying to obfuscate around it saying you know we're going to get to grips with it um and he you know and he kind of just didn't do that and then, and then fired it uh, you know spoke to spoke to me spoke to a range of community leaders early on you know before before the um, jewish festival of passover um began which uh as kind of kind of is, is, is eight days long so it kind of take, takes a lot of people kind of take a lot of people out, out, out of action for, yeah. for, a, for a while uh the more observant the more observant amongst us um so you know but he really wanted to engage with that and he's kind of kept on underlining that and making that important point so that 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 we took great heart by in terms of this report i mean you know, my overriding one of my overriding feelings about about this about this report is that you know it's um, there's a obviously it's kind of it's it's another round in the blame game. Who's you know, people pointing fingers at each other? At no point in time does the report to me seem to ask the more fundamental question, which is rather than oh well, this general sector was much better at dealing, and these officers were much dealing better at dealing with um, anti-Semitism cases and the process than the predecessors and there was this set of politics or that set of politics the more fundamental question Matt for me is you know, what that, that wasn't asked in the reports as far as I, as far, you know as, as, as far as it's been reported as far as one can tell is um why there was some increase in anti-semitism uh cases that needed addressing either properly or or or, or even you know d- done well or not well now nobody after they've seen this report can and actually as it does say and then you know, there isn't a fundamental institutional problem around anti-semitism in the labor party bearing in mind that there were large numbers of certainly kind of you know very very le- you know, very loud <coughs> left le- you know left-wing you might call them hard left crank left activists who um, you know were you know maintaining that this isn't a problem. So even a, even a report meant to kind of give a you know a pro a pro Corbyn um, uh, spin on on where you know how things have gone acknowledges the extent of this problem. Now obviously I've got huge concerns with the way that it was you know the way that it was put together, the way that it was leaked. Hugely irresponsible because once again, you know, the victims they don't get proper they don't get proper process by yes. virtue of the fact that their complaints aren't properly dealt with. That there are people, you know, they can still, you know, and some of it isn't. It isn't just kind of the high profile cases like the Jackie Walkers or the Pete Wilsons. I mean, those are really, really, you know, important. And you know, we can kind of go into detail on those if, if you if your listeners want. They may, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Pete Wilsman, you know, he's still, you know, he's suspended. He's still a member of the party. He was allowed to be on the NEC for about six months before he's the NEC being the ruling. Um, we need to do kind of a, gu- a, gu- a guide a criminology NEC <laughs> National Executive Committee you know the ruling body of the party the same body that for factional reasons you know was seemed to be happy not to see the Labour Party's 
actual actual submission to the Equalities and Human Rights Commission. He was like, but but you know, it's more the fact that you know you had a complaint, our complaints, they get sent in, and apart from the auto response email, you hear nothing. You know, you don't know whether you can go to your local um, branch meeting or your 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 constituency monthly meeting, your GC. Um, because you don't know if so if so and so the guy the guy was you know kind of shouting at you until he was blue in the face a few months ago that he complained about you don't know whether he's he or she is is going to be there or not you know and and that and that's the way that it's become toxic and the party culture and one of the good things that Keir identified properly was the fact that you know we're dealing not the processes are important yes but we've always said that more than just you know policies and processes about politics and leadership and saying no there's a problem with a toxic culture um in the party and, uh, and and the report doesn't seem to doesn't seem to address that at all as i've said and worse these people have been you know poor complainants some of whom it has to be said are jlm members have been identified their names have been identified then then they've been linked to having their protected characteristics identified there are kind of it's, it's a it's a kind of a yeah we know that there there's been a self referral by to the information commission um uh, officer um office rather by by the party they we know that they've launched a major investigation there are other there's an independent investigation the party's undertaking as well you know we've um uh, we're writing to the to the general secretary to say you know we want guarantees that she's going to personally and and, and on behalf of the part of the party cooperate with both those both those inquiries it is absolutely beggars belief there is such a fundamental lack of governance in an organization lack of management in an organization and a lack of um care duty of care to members who after all there's a basic contract when you join the labor party they're not going to kind of you know which these days includes not mucking about your data in a cavalier fashion and this stuff's just been written and planged out there now obviously in a sense lots of in lots of the interest about this is who did the writing and who planned it out there but i think it's you know it's it's, re- it's just redolent of kind of a, a laissez-faire organization where the politics and loyalty trumps um trumps everything else and and that's the way certainly it's been reported now there's some terrible things against frontline politicians said uh in that report, which you know you can't in any sense justify, and I certainly wouldn't seek to. And there clearly people said things, said some things that, that they would never say to that person. And there's always a kind of a you know a, a wise old head once said to me is that listen, if you you know you know anything you write down anywhere, anything electronic, and I think this is kind of you know you might as well just cover it WhatsApp as well as email these days. Let's face it, is you know you might as well just it's like writing a postcard and putting it in a letterbox. Anybody can see it. Yeah. That's so true. An old, bo- yeah. an old, an old Labour Party justify. boss of mine used to say, right. think a lot, say little, write nothing. Nothing. Well, you know, I mean, that isn't to it, and that isn't in any sense to say, oh, well, the problem was these guys were caught. No, the problem was that they, they, they that these, these, these things were, were, were said, and there was an attitude of that. But uh, I think, you know, the, the, this report is just being used, you know, obviously it's being used highly, highly, in a highly kind of, you know, factionalised way. And, and it's about, and you know, I think it's you know, if if it were if it was to be a um, uh, a submission to the HRC, uh, which obviously lawyers decided it wasn't, it feels to me that it's kind of it, yeah, it's it's not it's not it, it's really in a sense like a like a um, like a witness statement or a timeline rather than rather than anything kind of that responds to how the Equalities and Human Rights Commission are going to be responding to uh, our 
you know, the investigation they undertake under equality law, it's really not kind of structured to say, well, there's no equality. You know, the, the, these are points that you'll be considering under equalities law that you that we may or may not breach. This is how we did breach it. And instead, it's a, you know, it's a big tip for tap. Uh, there are many shocking elements to the report, um, and and you're right. You know, uh, people's concern will be about how it was compiled, why it was compiled, the the uh, the the, um, the techniques used to gather some private messages if they are private. But I think for a lot of people, the most worrying thing, and you've already identified it, is not just a Labour Party compiling a report on its own stuff and things. It's that complainants' personal data is in this report, people who were were fearful, were fretful, were scared, had been victims of racist abuse, have, have got in touch with the party to, to complain. Now, their personal data seems to have been leaked and shared by prominent members of the left-wing community, including journalists and even members of the Shadow Cabinet. Well, yeah, I mean, it's worrying when you've got... I mean, obviously, yeah, the, the data breaches. Well, there's two levels of it, actually, Matt, I think. There's kind of the personal and the, and the institutional. You know, on the personal basis, I say these are these are individuals who have been badly served by the Labour Party. I mean, in a, in a sense, actually, the, the, the respondents, the people who are being complained about, you know, they're not, they're not particularly well, well served either, though one, you know, not you know not, not to prejudge process but what, what yes. one would be less concerned than them but you know the complaints certainly are and it's kind of doubling down on how poorly you know how poorly treated by the Labour Party they've been in, in the sense that this then turns around and they're and and uh, you know, they haven't had you know they haven't had the kind of a level of, of respect and response and justice and 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 then their and then their, their names are are in this are in this report and but institutionally how do you get to the stage where this thing could be well, there's the aspect of leaking, and there's the aspect of the kind of the way that you would write it. You know, that that, yeah. that means that you kind of you can put it together in a way that isn't about you know that that isn't just kind of a, a dump of data that you kind of assemble together in some sort of time frame and say, oh look, here's you know this is all it was all it was all awful up to this point in time, and then from this point from the next point in time, it was all much yeah getting much better. Uh, I mean, got to get onto the positive thing in a minute, but you're absolutely right. I mean, kind of, this isn't written in a way. Uh, I don't. Well, you, you know, the, the, the fact that you know the fact that this is so kind of liberally, you know, splattered with different names makes it hard. Kind of, this was written in a systematic way, where there was kind of institutionally people understood there was a duty, there was a duty of care to members, you know, and that was the problem. And you, you know, and to go back to the point, you know, there was there was polling. I don't recall the exact details. There was polling that was kind of pretty around the time of the election itself, where there was kind of still a, major, a majority of Labour members, either you know absolutely rejected the idea of anti-Semitism or being political or smear, or kind of were concerned that it was being exacerbated by by the media. And you know, and and you know, I can't say for for rank and file member, maybe not in a particularly an area where there are lots of kind of Jewish people, where there are kind of a lot of interaction with Jewish Labour Party members. That 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 that, that there, there being the, the room for some doubts, but there were hardline deniers who were very prominent and who wanted to make it part of the political narrative. They've got a lot of soul searching to do. They've got a lot of soul searching to do. I'm not expect. I'm not expecting apologies, but what I am expecting, I guess, the cap on all this talk about the report is. Yeah, the EHRC, they're doing their job. We expect the report later in this later in this year, around sometime in the summer. So we'll see. We'll see what it says. 
about uh, about the Labour Party as an institution in the round, in the way that it that it that it, that it, that it treated Jewish members. And you know, and, and all this in a sense, we're getting all kind of frothy and excited about it. And I think we sort we sort of had a bit of a, a Labour Party process. Uh, um, famine for a few weeks for very good understandable reasons and so you know kind of the the yeah, you know in without lockdown without coronavirus kind of the launch would be you know, the announcement would have been a big event all that sort of stuff so you I know mean, in a sense like a sponge everybody just kind of soaks up as much as they can do from this this, this kind of obviously very kind of long report but you know it's it will come out in the wash it will uh, let's let's go back um pre-corbyn to so how you become involved in the Labour Party and the Jewish Labour movement? What was it that made you join the party? When did you join? And was it the Jewish Labour movement that was kind of your way in? Well, no, no, no not, re- not really, not really. And, um, and I think, um, you know, frankly, if you'd have asked me, let's see, kind of five, five years, this is how old we get, not five years ago, it's only kind of 10, 10 years ago, if you'd have told me that, that politically... I would be spending, uh, you know, the vast, vast majority of my time talking about uh, kind of my Jewish, well, talking about anti-Semitism through it, my kind of expressing my Jewish identity. I would have looked at you like you you needed to be in self-isolation, uh, <laughs> frankly. Um, but, um, uh, but you know, so I was, I was just, I, I was always kind of, you know, kind of, you know, raised, you know, teenage years you know during thatcher all the all the stuff you know stepping over the homeless people on the way to the opera you know all the um uh, the stuff about you know the, the kind of the 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 way that, that deindustrialization was clearly kind of you know, starting to you know you know rapidly tearing apart communities across the country the way the public services were disregarded the way that actually that whole that whole thing about um there was only um only individualism and only the market had any solutions to it so kind of it wasn't it, 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 it wasn't hard for one to be have a social conscience and i would say you know i suppose at the heart of it although i didn't go up, yeah i grew up mainstream united synagogue wasn't particularly observant wasn't weren't a particularly observant family having said that um and in in northwest london and 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 as a consequence you know kind of i would have felt it just kind of natural for my kind of any kind of socio-cultural religious views i might have it was kind of a good fit with it and i went to college i went to a few uh, Labour club meetings. I thought oh, it's like it's like that thing that Kissinger, K- K- Kissinger said about. I think it's Kissinger. Oh, she not quote me if not because he's awful. But about student politics being the absolute worst because they kind of they're arguing over kind of stuff really sakes. But um, I, I I I I followed other paths for of of of, of kind of you know recreation. <laughs> I, um, I got into comedy and acting and that kind of stuff. I did bits of that, uh, and then. And then I went out and actually uh, what got me into politics properly was I spoke to a friend who, um, you know, thinking, what am I going to do with myself? I've got to get myself a job. I was back home with my mum and she and she said, oh, you know, I kind of my dad knows the local MP. So he wrote and and and, and, I, and he's kind of giving me, we call it an intern now, yeah. call it work experience. And so I just kind of thought, well, you know, I can probably cobble to list, list together kind of shadow cabinet members or you know this is back when you know really my age here labor was labor was last out of power for a long time wow and 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 i and um and i wrote at the right time because david blunkett who was then shadow secretary of state for health wanted somebody to tackle the absolute mountain of correspondence that wasn't constituency business but was nonetheless you know people writing in saying i've not had i've you know been on the waiting list for 
three years for my hip operation you know the NHS yeah. will say what can you do and and you know and, and that was a bit of kind of you know went from answering letters politely to kind of working out well what would make a good press story what would what, what could make a good campaign out of what we're finding out from people's experiences across the country and then on I spent a fair bit I bet spent time working in the you know, party I spent time working in political journalism in kind of membership organizations I worked for the TSSA trade union um was their political officer for for a while so I, I kind of been professionally working in transport for a while um and then I joined uh JLM's always kind of been in the background but um you know uh, frankly there wasn't the need you know kind of in 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 in, in a sense it sort of it it met its it's met its time over the last five years when you know um we understand our unique place, our unique locus is the, the only Jewish affiliate. And we're kind of, you know, we're in, we're, we're, we are the bridge between, in many ways, kind of the bridge between the Jewish community, uh, the vast, you know, the vast majority of the Jewish, uh, the, the Jewish community and, and the Labour Party. We're formerly known as Polish Zion, Workers of Zion. And we were part, actually originally kind of came into existence before, rather than just an adjunct to the Labour Party, kind of as a, you know, part, uh, so an international socialist organisation. Um, David Ben Gurion went on, who went on to be the first uh, um, prime minister of Israel when it was founded as a state, was sent over um, to London uh, by his uh, by, by by the by the leaders of Palestine. Was sent over to <laughs> sent over to London to say to kind of in the early twenties, in well late late teens. Uh, to say, you know, get 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 them organised, get them affiliated to the kind of to, to, to the best bet there, and the best bet was the emerging uh, what was the ILP became the Labour Party. Um, so actually, this is wandered off from my person, my history to the history of the JLM. But the point is, we're in our centenary year now, and in a way, we've never been needed. We've never been needed more in a sad way. We've always been part of the Labour Party. It's always been there, and you know, there have been periods where we've been kind of had. Yeah, been 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 active and vocal, and then there's been other periods where we've not been so active and vocal, and and and, and obviously over the past five years we've had to become, you know, very um, uh, very vocal because yeah. it came close last year. There was a discussion um, around disaffiliation, and obviously at that point, ninety nine years affiliated to the Labour Party, one of the founding affiliates, you know, yeah. one of the found, yeah, the we have kind of. We sock it out with the Fabian Society, as which is the so for, for your listeners, a social society is, a, is an organisation that we, we have our own we have our own rules and uh, purpose, but we affiliate to the Labour Party and only the Labour Party, and um, uh, and and so we're we're like a trade union, but we don't do the same thing as a trade union. Yeah. We counted as an affiliate, like trade unions are. And we, you know, and we kind of sock it out with Fabian Society as to who was the actual first one. <laughs> we think probably, probably they were. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it, it, I mean, you, you rightly chart this 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 long history between yeah. uh, the Jewish Labour movement uh, uh, and its previous um, brand and uh, uh, and the Labour Party, and uh, and a period where things were relatively benign until perhaps the last five years. Yeah. I mean, in, in all the time that you've been involved in, in the Labour Party from those early years, the last time Labour in opposition through all that period in government, through the Miliband years, and now Corbyn, there's been this view that, oh, well, there's always been anti-Semitism on the left. Um, it's, you know, it's always been there. It's always existed in the Labour Party. It's just now that, you know, it's been made a fuss of. I mean, does that correlate with your view or, and your experience rather, or... Did the election of Jeremy Corbyn 
start something completely different? Um, the short answer to your last question is yes. Um, so to go to, to go back, yes, there absolutely always has been, and there are some people, uh, there are some friends who have always been around the left and always been around this the, the issue of kind of both far right hate and 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 sense in general who are kind of you know roll their eyes say I've been telling you this for a long time I've been telling the Labour trying to tell the Labour Party this for a long time that in as much as it's always existed on the, on the fringes sometimes in trade unions sometimes in non affiliated to trade unions which weirdly can be more left-wing and more attractive for ultra left-wing organizations um and there's a lot of this bound up with kind of the the you know anti-semitism is a strange slight diversion anti-semitism is 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 racism but it's different from many forms of racism yeah in that it's both a punching up and a punching down racism Mm. and so that means that it's um you know that that on the on the one hand uh, and this is why the left find it hard to to deal with because on the one hand there's kind of the you know oppression and why was working class representation organization important for jews in uh you know in the early parts particularly in the early parts of uh, you know kind of 100 years ago because they were sweated labor there were there was a large kind of wave of immigration from eastern europe into into london and other cities and they were exploited and they were you know they, they had you know they they, they they were on very very low income they were on overcrowd you know filthy overcrowded um, yeah uh living space and you know they they, 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 they worked in sweated trades they were they didn't have any kind of rights they're being exploited and that's why they looked to trade union tra- trade unions and that's why actually there's a famous i think 1923 it's a famous bar election in whitechapel was the choice was between supporting a jewish candidate who's liberal and a you know and what we call t and g candidate who was labor and there's kind of done JLM, Paul H. Dion said, no, we go with a Labour man because he's the one who was going to do the thing for our workers. And that's, and this is where we get power from. So we're not just about within beyond our community to help our community. Yeah. Um, and that was a decisive, that, that was a decisive moment. So there's always been, there's always, there's always, there's always been that, that, um, you know, despite that example there's always been around the left the problem they can't help was whilst there's exploitation i've got a long diversion here, <laughs> um while there's always been exploitation there's at the same time there's a view that that that, that because that that um you know uh, uh, the jews are somehow mysteriously controlling media and finance and there's kind of they don't have loyalty to their own country they have loyalty to some other kind of world organization yeah or indeed since israel was created israel rather and that's a theme of much of abuse that we have <clears throat> and as a consequence the left find it hard because it's punching it's punching up racism as well as punching down racism it's kind of we, are, we don't like the jews because they are so clear they're trying to control us now and you know why are they so successful and why do they always seem to be have this love for money and this and of course all these are horrible anti-semitic tropes but it's very they're, they're, they're they, they fit into a kind of a, 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 a left world view much yeah. much easier than one that talks about exploiting poor immigrants um which is, you know, which the left always has sympathy for and fights fights against that kind of that kind of that kind of racism. Um, so as a consequence, where are we? <clears throat> we have, you know, we we lay over that um, a strong anti-imperialist, anti-West, anti-US. Um, so during the Cold War, kind of emerged in the Cold during the Cold War, siding with Israel, um, with America, and 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 the countries, the Arab countries around it kind of having more of us lean towards soviet bloc because of the way the way the geopolitics was you know 
constantly bouncing out. And so it makes it very easy the, for, 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 for the left to, you know, to fall into anti-Semitic habits and to kind of exploit anti-Semitic tropes, whether they're kind of, the, it, it's, it's traditional, what we call right anti-Semitism, or it's kind of, it's, it's slightly newer left anti-Semitism, which is around, um, is, is, is around, um, uh, issues around Israel, Palestine is around kind of global capital, you know, George Soros is a really good yeah. example of, 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 of the way that you can find um, anti-Semitic tropes that come from both kind of the Brexity right and also whether they're Lexity or not, you know, but also kind of the far left. Yes. So then in, in your time in Labour then, yeah. how has your experience changed in terms of anti-Semitism within the Labour Party? And were there, uh, was there a spike after Corbyn? Is the election of Jeremy Corbyn to lead with the Labour Party a, a, a cause of an increase in anti-Semitism that you experienced? I think it's hard to yeah I I think it's hard to explain why there was as the, as as his lead report you know makes clear yeah and a huge increase in anti-Semitic abuse which even just the reporting of which which we always suspect there's under report under reporting and for lots for lots of these things the party wasn't geared up to cope with I there was there were lots of you know the question that i always ask is not you know not not so you know not so much why can't you kick these racists out but why do these racists why do these anti-semitic racists what what do they find the labor party then think the labor party is the natural political home because they mm. haven't thought that for a long period of time yes. politically they haven't thought that and now they think the labor party will up till you know up till say let's let's date it to the general election at least they thought that they, they suddenly thought that they were part of their natural political home because they saw uh, both in the attempt to get him elected and his election somebody who was a fellow traveller, somebody yeah. who had the, who had constantly supported causes, um, been around campaigns, certainly kind of been around individuals, which which they with which they identified and which they were sympathetic, you know, and uh, and these were both kind of fringe groups. That kind of popped up and disappeared, and also kind of long-term organisations that have always kind of been on the fringes of the Labour Party, or actually kind of actively trying to enter into the Labour Party. Um, and as a consequence, it's hard to—it's hard. Yeah, you, know, you cannot disassociate his election with that increase, that because clearly, excuse me, people people came in and. And uh, and kind of thought, oh, we've got permission to speak now. All that stuff that we wouldn't have got a hearing for from in the Labour Party, and then we thought the Labour Party was wrong not to think like us. Well, now maybe we, we you know, the Labour Party does does think like us. But, but you, as a Labour member, this was a visible change in your experience of being a member of the Labour Party. Not just in terms of the stuff you were seeing was happening elsewhere, and perhaps the sort of thing you were seeing in the media, but. Were the meetings you were going to changing? Were, were people talking to you differently? Were you getting? messages either you know verbally or or through social media of a different tone and of a greater volume yeah i would say so um i mean certainly kind of the atmosphere generally you know come was elected on this whole kind of gender politics thing and one found that when we went to one suddenly massively expanded whether it was a branch meeting or a or a uh, or a constituency level meeting I, you know, kind of just a real, you know, it's kind of, it felt like this stuff that you know, you, re you read about uh, in, in, in books and plays about kind of militant, 
kind of well, this is this is exactly it. These these guys have read the same things. They're trying to and they're, and they're acting out. So it's kind of you know, attritional. We must follow the rule book. Shouting people down. Kind of real. Kind of you know lack of yeah you know, the idea that consensus could ever be a way forward but it was kind of you know we are going to win we're going to have a vote there's only one way you can win it's by you know it's kind of classic political organizing you win by having numbers and, yes. and suddenly they were they had numbers in the room some of the people just you know think about my local experience they'd always been around and when i'd be constituency chair i'd always kind of let them you know have their say and sometimes they they you know they got their they got their 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 their, their yeah, hostile to the Labour government motion passed, and 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 my kind of yeah, the Miami Cup was thinking, well, actually, in, you know, what does it matter in the Hill of Beans? We're running mm. the country, and so if we don't actually spend some time, you know, maybe I should be thinking, well, we need to kind of you know, think about what the party looks and feels like more, because we may not always be running the country, and and, yes. and, poli- and politics may change, and, and we actually had to kind of uh, a structural advantage to make sure that people really understood what was. Um, uh, you know what was on and what was not on. It is it is still incredible. Bear in mind, I was involved in the trade union movement as a, as a as a trade union officer at a time when, in some unions, certainly a number of unions, there was kind of those people. There, there was some BNP membership lists, leak, and people understood that some of their members were were, were also BNP members, and this didn't kind of sit well for a trade union. And so they went through the the arduous process of changing their rule book, so it's actually you couldn't be a member of the union and and hold uh, and hold uh, you know views that we would now describe as kind of you know, were, were, were abusive towards people with protected characteristics as, to, as per the Equality Act 2010, yes. Labour legislation. Um, you know, yet it wasn't until 2018, 2018, yes, that, that thanks to JLM pushing it, a rule change was adopted, Labour rulebook. So now for the first time, the Labour rulebook actually said you can't be a member and 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 and, and be abusive towards people protected characteristics. Before then, anything anybody did, you could try and be shut out for being racist or misogynist or homophobic, or whatever. But it was all because it was bringing the party into disrepute. Now, yes. there's there's a lot of contention about actually how that rule change has been used. But you know, the Labour Party didn't feel it necessary to do the same thing that trade unions were doing ten years ago at that so, at, at that time. So, so you, yeah, there was a there was a, there was a general change in tone and attitude, and and certainly that reflected in debates about lots of debates about israel palestine certainly and then as soon as it became a political subject about how there wasn't um anti-semitism in the labor party so it became more about debates about the process rather than rather, rather, than, the, rather than the issues the Chakrabarti report was highly controversial um for a number yeah. of reasons firstly it was an independent report and then the independent person drafting the independent report joins the Labour Party and becomes a Labour peer. So perhaps it might appear a cynical person might say that compromises the integrity and the, the independence of uh, of the report, particularly as um, Chakrabarti seems to be so closely, um, so close to Jeremy Corbyn in, in, a, in a personal sense. They seem like friends. Um, how yeah. damaging was that report for, for members of the Jewish Labour movement? Well, I think as much as anything else, it was... Um, it was that described that that, that that idea that you you know, you get somebody in who's a massively respected international human rights lawyer, not a Labour member. You get them in, they write they write a report, and literally, you know, it's almost as as it's published. She's you know, you know, she gets a peerage, she joins the front bench, she's um, you know starts speaking about this. So I think that was damaging because it kind of, it was start of the it was it was possibly start of the slide where you're thinking well, actually. There isn't a way of there isn't a way of fixing this that's internal to the party. Now there's several processes down the road of our 
of JLM's disengagement from the party, culminating in, in our in our kind of effectively effectively downing tools um, for the general election. But that was kind of an early that was an early staging post because yes. there was a lot of there was there was a fair amount there, there was a fair amount of dialogue with with Chakrabarti. There was yeah, discussion. There was and obviously there were some things in there that you know. Do we think it's a bad thing that she called out people being called Zaya? You know, being called Zaya was a term of abuse. Yes, of course it was a good thing she called it out. You know, did did it stop it happening? You know, <laughs> yeah. What was done about it? <laughs> you know, and it's and it's you know it's ever it's about political will. So this could have been a great way of saying right, we'll take this and we'll just go and use it as a battering ram to kind of shut up those people. But around all of this. I keep on going back to these kind of these big kind of themes, but around all of this, you know, people think about the election, think about the, the election just passed. The good people in Blythe Valley didn't care about the Jews as much as the good people of Barnet did, right? But it speaks well of those people, those folks in Blythe Valley, that they, it wasn't in their moral spectrum to understand that this was part of Corbyn's political project and he was happier to have his long-term our political allies fellow travelers um part of that pro- you know part of that project and if the price was he attracted attracted some negative flack because you know, he wasn't kicking out these guys who were racists so be it but was in Blind valley just didn't understand that and so they just assumed it was incompetence that he couldn't get a grip on it but this was always a political this was always a political choice that was made and this kind of goes back to well, you know, how the nature of the Labour Party thing changed. This was about, this is our chance. We're going to, we actually have complete hegemony of the party. Now we have control of the rule, but we have control of the National Executive Committee. You know, we have control of the National Constitutional Committee, which is a scary thing. You are you know, the, the quasi-judicial body, which is yes. there to kind of rule on impartially on the, on the most serious disciplinary cases of disciplinary in whatever nature, is elected on a factional basis. So... What does that mean? Do you, you know, do you, Mr. Complainant, Mr. Respondent, Mrs. You know, complainant, Mrs. Respondent, do you support Jeremy Corbyn or not? Are you a good, you know, are, you, are, you, are you a good person or a bad person in that sense? Just, uh, two things coming out of the Chakrapati yeah. report. Firstly, uh, the term Zio being rightly seen as a term of abuse. I mean, broader yeah. than that, the word Zionist is used in a pejorative way I mean, I, I can't believe that in 2020 we're discussing this stuff, but I went to church as a kid. Zionism was not seen as a political movement. Well, I mean, obviously I was a child, so I wouldn't have been aware of this stuff. As I've gone through life, uh, including many years doing late night radio at Talk Sports, it, you realise, and, and this was pre-Corbyn, and, and it wasn't just on the left, but there is a there's a view amongst some people out there in the world that the word Zionism itself is a negative pursuit when it is just <laughs> Jews believe that they should have their own home, their own place. I mean, how weird is it that that word has become so politicised and, and so drenched in, in conspiracy and, and, and hatred? Yeah, it's... um innocuous word after Mount Zion you know I just it, it, it's one of the things I really reflect on is the use of that word in a, in a negative way I guess, I guess yeah I guess Close it's my good, mind um, for, for the whole um for, for, for the whole thing isn't it really um I guess how did how, you know this is and this is kind of 
what 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 boils down to um, you know, a lot of kind of the attritional trench war- warfare of the parties because the idea is that for the vast the vast majority probably, research has found that kind of ninety three percent possibly more of British Jews have some identity with Israel, yeah, to varying degrees. Okay, so it is you know it is absolutely the case that the vast majority of British Jews believe in Jewish national self determination which is what Zionism is, okay? And it is about, and, and our views as an organisation about the current uh, the current government, the fact that it looks quite likely that Netanyahu might well be able to, you know, well, not quite likely, but he, at the moment, there's even going to be a fourth general election and Labour's looking absolutely done in, yeah. you know, in the, in the, the Israeli Labour Party, the Israeli left is looking absolutely trampled upon, or that Netanyahu could somehow kind of stay in place. Yeah, you know, this is terrible for Israel, it's terrible for Palestine, it's terrible for the peace process, it's terrible for social, you know, problems in Israel. It's, you know, and, and this is, you know, this is, the, they, they, the, yeah, we want nothing more than to see change in Israeli politics. But does that mean that we don't support the fact that the state of Israel has a right to exist and that it, it is, you know, as, as founded by its constitution in a kind of plur, in a kind of a pluralistic manner? Uh, no, absolutely not. And that's what people seem to have a, a real problem with because there because there's very little room for people to understand the slightly nuanced position that you can think it's okay for a state to exist but disagree with its government. Uh, you know, yeah. we seem to spend a lot of our time in the late party when we're not talking about. Israel Palestine, its favourite. Yeah, it's kind of one of its favourite subjects. But <laughs> but it was just. It, 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 I suppose doing, I was trying to get exactly, to... doing exactly that. Doing exactly that. I'll just finish doing exactly yeah. that in this country. We're just saying, yeah, we think Britain's great. We think it could be much better. But then we just got to get these lousy people who are running the country at the moment out. This is exactly what we what we would think in response to Israel. And it is and it is absolutely the case that is you know we constantly say there are so many global um, human rights abuses. Uh, and, and problem places in the world, whether it's the plight of the Yungir Muslims in China, whether it's uh, there are Hingas, uh, whether it's you know Saudi Arabia, whether it's you know stuff that's going on in in parts of Africa. You know, I'm not a foreign policy expert, as my rather short list just showed you. But the Labour Party, you know, not that it's got it's no, it's got no time for that. But it seems to have far less time for that than just you know the hill that lots of people want seem to want to die on even expensive domestic policy discussion is around is, is around israel palestine is around zionism and it's just it's well you know yeah. interesting fact again a slight diversion when we were doing our clp training and we went to a clp that wasn't didn't particularly have any jewish members or much of the jewish community my favorite opening side was how many how many jews are there in, in britain and and the number the estimation was was if it was low, it was out by tenfold. You know, you know, three hundred odd thousand Jews in the country, and people think at least three million. Wow! And you know, and it kind of thinks, yeah, you know, we can let, let let's not get hung up on this. <laughs> you know, the, there are other there are other things, and we just want to kind of we want to do. We want the tragedy of the last five years is not being able to spend five years fighting a Tory government that has wrecked this country. Um, you know, through austerity, that all we want is social justice and economy that works for everyone, strong public services. That's all us the JLM activists want to see delivered. And we've not been able to spend much time campaigning for that to be purposeful. And how hard was it for you to go into that election just a few months ago and 
effectively say we're not campaigning basically in the whole we're only going to campaign for exceptional individuals like Ruth Smith how difficult was that as a as as you say one of the earliest affiliates to the party and to the movement to effectively say we're not campaigning in a general election for the Labour Party um yeah it was really hard I mean look in 2017 in 20 in, well, as hard as it is easy because in 2017, you know, I was a candidate in Hendon, which is the the the, um, the second most Jewish seat in the country, and I came quite close. Um, you know, all three of us in Barnet, which is the most Jewish local authority, um, came came pretty close. Um, and you know, it was one of those classic. Have I won? Yeah, at one point in the evening, thought thought thought, thought I might won it and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh dear. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Won't go over those things. But you know, and at the time, I was getting lost. I was getting, I was, I was getting abuse from everybody. I was getting abuse from you know the left. And I was getting abuse from the from 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 you know a lot of people, well, not just the right, but people in the community. Even back even back then, you know, in kind of the you know, reckon, you know compared to where we got to more balmy times. Kind of said, well, how can you do this? How can you? How can you campaign and support this this you mm. know for a party led by this guy? And I said, well, the Labour Party, you know, kind of. And after a while, all those lines, I think the Labour Party is is bigger than than, than one person, and it's better to have a a a good you know because I think we rightly thought that the local Conservative MP wasn't much cop. It's better have a have a good Labour MP who, who sympathises and understands and wants to fight for what's right within the party rather than not. And those lines, you know. But by the time we get to 2019, we have already had an AGM where we've passed a motion of no confidence in Jeremy Corbyn and mo- either as no confidence in him as a Labour Party leader and, and as and as a central prime minister. So in a sense, the easy bit of it was just saying, well, we cannot, you know, we cannot possibly um, go into that election saying in, in our in our in our in the same way we've done every other general election, which is full throated. We're going to be organising activities. Back in 2017, we did about more than kind of 50 different campaigning activities across pretty much every electoral region mm. in the country. You know, we did a you know, we did a, a lot for an organisation our size, as well as standing, you know, kind of having prominent candidates. In, in in Jewish areas, you know, we put our shoulders to the wheel. Come, you know, and uh, and 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 so it was a massive change. And we just said, well, only those people have really, really demonstrated, you know, was people like Ruth, or, or 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 Margaret, or Rosie down in 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 Canterbury. You know, those are the only ones we're going to support. And we're actually we can't support, however good they are, however right they are about on anti-Semitism. We can't support people who aren't currently Labour MPs because that will obviously only make it more e- easy to get um, the the election of, of of Corbyn. That was very that was that was just fundamentally difficult for people who have collectively decades more than decades of Labour Party campaigning activity and experience. I've I've stood I've I've, I've stood for low elections. I've lost pretty much most of them. There's one <laughs> I won I won one once. I was a councillor. <laughs> before years um but you know i i've you know i've done a lot of campaigning lots of all oh, my colleagues at jlm college done a lot of campaigning got a lot of young enthusiastic young people doing a lot of campaigning both from their from their campus experience and then bringing that into into their kind of their clp lives and and you know and it was in a sense it was kind of it was really difficult to kind of go through this election when your muscle memory would be to get out there and you weren't doing that but you know we had to do what we had to do now there are other um, voices around the left um, that that claim to speak for the Jewish community, and one of them is Jewish yeah. Voice for Labour. Uh-huh. Do you do you recognise them as as an, as an authentic Jewish voice? Um, I think the problem that I've got is that they are representative only of themselves. 
I'll go back to that that figure that I quoted a, a little while ago. Nine, kind of the ninety ninety three percent of Jewish people were having in the country having some sort of ident- identity with with Israel, and yeah. so the i the idea that they are kind of and this is an avowedly anti-Zionist organization and you know they can hold that opinion and it's not to say that there aren't kind of a Jews and b kind of left-wing Jews in the neighborhood but but they are not large in number and they are uh you know they, they really they don't you know as a, as a caucus as a group of individuals they don't represent anybody apart from their own quite quite narrow confines they they, they certainly can't uh, re- you know, claim to represent you know, a mainstream view within British jury, and they're certainly not, and should be afforded the same sort of kind of status as an affiliate of the Labour Party and the Socialist Society, credited to Socialist Society that JLM has. And this idea that so an analogue is during the Brexit debate, which is you know, kind of um, you know for the referendum, there are hundreds of, of economists who say this is going to be really bad news. But you know, for balance, we have to, as the BBC, find that the one, the one slightly offbeam one who says it's going to be fine and we're all going to be kind of skipping down golden pavements. Um, you know, uh, and, and that kind of balance makes you think. Well, you know, you can't. Why do you have to have balance with racism? It either you know, you don't have balance with domestic violence quite rightly. You know, there's this idea that somehow there's there's this is a political debate to be had, and there isn't. Um, and this idea that somehow there that you know that you can that, that we have a hundred years of history of affiliation and work towards the party. This is a mailing list that's kind of cropped up, you know, of the same kind of lots of people who have been around the left and kind of talk about these things for a long time, but not many other people around them. And I mean, so I kind of feel, and so I kind of feel that the fact that they are somehow sometimes in discussion, uh, you know, afforded the same sort of status is is you know is is an affront to the history of the party as much as as much as anything else. But you know, they 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 you know I, I don't they've they say they're well. I'll, all I'll say is when we see anti-Semitism quite clearly and call it out. We don't, you know, sometimes don't get, you know, if they wanted to actually show real allyship and say, yes, this is bad, kick this person out. I mean, do you think it's, would it, be, would it be too cynical to say that this is a group set up to basically neutralise the threat that the Jewish labour movement represents to either the Corbyn or hard left project or to the, to the, to, to the Labour Party brand while they were in charge of it? Um, well, I think we're all quite cynical these days, aren't we, Matt? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I try not to be, but you, when you can see people, when you think people are behaving nakedly politically, you know, you, you, you think these things need to be highlighted, but well, there I, it's a, different uh, for me because I'm not on the inside and I'm, I'm not Jewish. I mean, so there I, was, no, no, I get that. And there wasn't, a, well, put it this way, there wasn't a need for Jewish Voices for, La- Jewish Voice for Labour to exist as an organisation prior to kind of, you know, when they come on the scene, kind of 2018. Now, you know, there are campaigns that emerge purely as, re- as, as a reaction to political events, and some of them are, are quite, quite, quite worthy. But it does seem that this is more about having a pop at other people representing their members rather than, rather than actually, as I was saying, kind of forwarding a case. So with the Equality and Human Rights Commission... They defend themselves, you know. I'm not, I'm not you know, the point, the point being, has it... Has it been easier for us to convince people of our uh, 
of our case and you know get the party to deal with it when there's could be continuities off saying no we are you know we're a jewish organization of jews and we say these guys are pure are, are doing this purely to you know weaponize organize political opposition to jeremy corbyn there's no other reason for these these guys are jlm to be doing this and we we're telling you as jews that this is all okay and there's something to see here move along has that made life harder or easier well of course it's made it harder and obviously they've done everybody a disservice where there has actually been anti-semitic abuse and some of the soul searching if you know if they had this capacity to be this reflective that i, I mentioned at the start of, the, of our conversation about you know people's you know the, the fact that even this partial report gave you know acknowledged the scale of the problem They've got soul searching to do because lot there lots of those people said no nothing to see here. So with the Equalities and Human Rights Commission report, it, 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 you basically asked them to, to investigate the Labour Party. You, you, you got yourself into such a desperate position that you needed effectively outside help to kind of vindicate the things you were saying. Um, what are your hopes for it? I mean, what you, you think it might be out in the summer. What would you like to see it conclude? I think I'd like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to kind of, you know, they've got a job to do. They're, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're a, you know, a government regulator effectively. Um, it seems to have taken quite some government. time. Is that? Is yeah, I know. And they, and, and and I think the pro- and I think the problem the problem that they've 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 had is the scale of the pro- you know is the scale, the scale of the issue that um it's uh, th- there's been a huge amount of evidence for them to listen you know, and you know going back to the report that we started you know that yeah, there are seventy plus whistleblowers that we have helped to coordinate and bring forward to the EHRC that are both current and former members you know start members of staff and 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 and, and lay officers activists um senior activists uh you know and these are kind of witness statements they have legal powers of compulsion in the hrc under under the equalities act and other you know, and other legislation they you know this is this is not just somebody saying well i found a load yeah you know, i found a load of emails which suggest that, that this was done or this wasn't done this is a thorough or you know uh audit and i think it is i i, I think the hope is that it um, a actually does put to bed the idea that there wasn't a problem, that there isn't the problem, that the problem is institutional, and that it's um, it, it you know it needs serious work, both in terms of mechanical process and culture to address, and thus the very positive signals we've heard from both Keir Starmer and Angela Rayner early doors they are given that this gives them you know license to continue what that, that direction of travel that they've started on and that you know people who are of the you know the kind of more JVL disposition saying well so it's not a problem it's just just all political attacks all that sort of stuff kind of just you know uh, it's it's impossible for them to continue advancing that line of argument Having said that, there were current members of the NEC who pretty much, when the investigation, it was announced the investigation was going, just said, well, we ought to be abolishing the HRC anyway and doing something different. So there's always a way of, there's always a way, you know, there's always a way of moving the goalposts if you want to. Oh, there is in politics always. Um, I I wonder, how how does it feel now um, after the last five years and how emotional and how frustrating, I mean, and that's putting it mildly, I'm sure your experience has been, 
to yeah. have a new Labour leader, and then all of a sudden you're on a Skype or a Zoom call with them, and they seem to be taking your concerns seriously and, and, and talking to you directly. Well, it's that kind of muscle memory thing that I mentioned earlier, Matt. It's sort of, it's sort of, it's sort of strange. Now, listen, I would be very, very, yeah, be quite clear about it. And I think, you know, we all need to be, we all need to kind of check ourselves a little bit because, despite good, you know, the, the road, you know, good, you know, road to somewhere is paved with good intentions. <laughs> you don't want to say, you don't want to say hell. Is that what the quote? I forgot actually. I mean, it's the are. road to hell yeah. is paved with good intentions. I thought your religion was stopping you there for a moment. I thought you were too. Oh no no no! Couldn't no, even no, name no, the no, place. No. I'm not. I'm not that. Frum. I'm not that. Frum, so it's not that. No. Listen. <laughs> the point. The point being is that this is a good start, but it is just a start. Yes. And it's yeah. And the idea that even kind of the mechanical changes that say a numerical advantage on the National Executive Committee and a you know and and a, and a, and a general secretary wants to work with you, um, and a staff team that wants to work with you, and a new team in the leader's office, uh, you know, all these, yeah, you know, all these things are important. All these things are, are 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 important, but they are only a you know, means to an end, and that is about either either kind of doing kind of some super superficial changes to important but kind of you know, to process or they're about actually trying to change the the, the the culture of the party and that's going to take a long time so one doesn't ever want to kind of get away with you know, run away with the fact that this is just just the start of it and we want to but we do want to support people and give them time and space to uh you know to deliver the changes that they've talked about so it's very so to kind of go to, to your question it's very it's very strange because having Put it like, yeah, as an analogy, having spent most of my political career being, you know, at the front of the GC or the chair of the GC, one of the officers, one of the organisers, one person doing stuff and telling the noises off to not be noises off, to yeah. kind of come to go. And then having spent the last five years being one of those disruptors, and not really liking it, not really liking it that much, but kind, but kind of knowing that knowing what I needed, knowing what I needed to do. Having done that. Then to kind of go back to kind of being, well, let's all row together. It's, you know, we, well, we are, you know, like, as I say, we are not kind of jumping up and down and kind of saying, well, everything's all solved now. Let's, let, let, let's pretend there aren't any problems in the Labour Party anymore. Because if we thought that after the kind of the first week, we certainly kind of, you know, <laughs> don't, you know don't think that now with this, this, uh, this report and how it's emerged. There's an awful lot to come out in the wash and it's a real process of rebuilding. But, you know, there is some time and space for the leadership to do that. There's certainly will from us for the leadership to do that. And, and we want them to kind of crack on with it and, uh, and get it done. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy. And as they say, once, once bitten, twice shy. Well, um, uh, that feels semi-hopeful. I'm usually a glass half empty. Really? Are you a, are you a pessimist? Life. You strike me as an optimist. I'm surprised. Well. Maybe it's the last five yeah, years. You know, yeah, I don't know. I think it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the last five years. But the point, the, I guess I guess the point is we want the, what, want the long arc of history to point in the right direction, you know, to point up, not down. And we understand our, our role in doing it. And I think, you know, um, you know, we just had, you know, for a small, you know, for, for, for a small, mostly run by Labour, a couple of, over time, a couple of excellent paid members of staff, shout out to Ella and Rach and Rebecca right now, you know, that they're, 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 they're you know, that they've, um, you know, we've done a huge amount and we maybe have been in the vanguard of changing, kind of helping kind of shape Labour Party history for the better. Now, in terms of me being absolutely convinced that, that basically, 
a, le- a, a, you know, a, a centre-left social democratic, democratic socialist party is the way to improve this country and to live for the vast majority, of the, or make lives better for the vast majority of people in this country. That is putting the Lego box together, a very good thing. And I'm pleased to have, you know, to, to, have, to have helped, and we've all been pleased to have helped do that. But it feels at times you kind of think, wow, why? <laughs> what is point? <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully. First, I think that, but I hopefully now you're right. My glass is going to be half full on this. Uh, uh, on uh, you know, uh, and and I think you know, I just so, as I started by saying, is there's so much else going on in the world, which is, which is one has to be kind of pessimistic or down about. You know, it just goes to show it's there's the kind of the triumph of human spirit, and so hopefully we will get through this and we'll be in better place. And then the next time we talk, it will be looking ship shape and Bristol fashion and going in the right direction. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much Matt, for, for giving me your time so and talking so openly and honestly about, uh, about your experience. Well, there you go. Mike Katz from the Jewish Labour Movement. And nice to end on a semi-hopeful message at least um email the show politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com with your reflections and always let me know where you listen i think particularly at a time like this it's nice to know where people are mark mills gets in touch to say usually listens to the show on his walk to the gym after work um, but in these times generally listens on his daily walk around manchester down the banks of the sparkling waters of the river irwell and bridgewater canal what a lovely image mark uh, thank you for listening and um gail irvine Irvin says she listens in Scotland. Probably Irvin. Irvine? Oh, I don't want to offend. Gail Irvin Irvine. Uh, imagine that as a double barrel name. So thank you very much for getting in touch. Email the show, politicalpartypodcast at gmail.com. And if you've got a spare minute, leave us an iTunes review. It does help other people find it. If you don't listen to this on iTunes, I don't know if where you listen to it allows reviews or shares or whatever, but just just tell everyone about it at the very least. That's the least you can do, I think, um, uh, for for listening to it, if you've enjoyed it. If not, don't tell anyone. Um, but thank you. Thank you for listening. Uh, and when I say I hope you are, I really do mean it. I, I do hope um, that as you listen to this, you're, you're safe and sound um, and that your loved ones are as well. And uh, this, this time will pass and uh, I'll be interviewing guests face-to-face. I really miss the live shows. I mean, not that's not at the top of my list of the things that I'm missing during this crisis. I don't need to misunderstand. But while we're talking about the show, I really miss those live nights at the uh, at the other palace. I can't wait. I mean, in the time that we've been doing this, I should have interviewed Jeremy Hunt and Amber Rudd. Um, so I'll get them back in the future. But those those evenings with an audience really are very special. Um, but I've the benefit of this technology is, of course, it's allowed me to interview people that it might be harder in normal times to interview. So. I'm approaching some very exciting people, um, which and I don't want to blow it. I don't want to jinx it, but stay tuned because there's going to be some phenomenal guests coming up. And of course, all my guests are phenomenal. I'm such a politician. I'm tying myself in knots here. I'm going to go before I embarrass myself further. I'll see you soon.